welcome to Deserted with Lindy and Grace. On this podcast, we ask our guests what dishes they would take to our deserted island and the stories behind them. We all have dishes that transport us back to a moment in our lives. Food can leave a lasting impact and we want to know what those dishes are to you. Our mission is to shine a positive light on food and show how the power of a dish can shape a person. So join us whilst we dive in deep to our guests' experiences and find out what they'll be eating on our deserted island. Hi. Long time no speak. (laughs) I know. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. We're so excited to be back. Oh, yeah. It's actually, it feels weird, though, talking (laughs) talking to the microphone now. I know. It's been so long. I'm like, hello, who's this? Um, (laughs) What did you do over um, this past month? (laughs) Well, I'm now back to work, so that's exciting. Um, I feel, well, rewind, I was able, I was very lucky to be able to travel back to the States for Christmas and spend it with my mom and stepdad and new dog, which was, he's really cute. And um, my best friend who was very kind enough to, um, she basically like quarant- took a test, COVID test and quarantined basically for the whole time just because I was like at home with my parents. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun and just spent a lot of, you know, it's not raining there. So we got to spend a lot of time outdoors and it was very, very wholesome. And I guess I feel like everyone's Christmas has been kind of wholesome this year just because there's really nothing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you were in Ireland? No, I was in London. Um, I isolated and my mom isolated and then we spent Christmas together and it was really lovely it really was lovely we've never in my whole 28 years have spent Christmas alone together so that was very interesting but really really great um yeah and I I I cooked my first Christmas dinner wow and yeah it was just really it was really nice to spend that time with my mom but she also lives 30 minutes away from me so she was able to like go home after a few days which normally we spend a week or two up in Manchester so it was nice to like be together and then say okay you can go and then (laughs) I I thought there was something kind of like comforting this year of you know everyone I think everyone experienced a different Christmas well we all experienced different Christmases than we're used to and there's something kind of comforting about knowing that everyone is experiencing something different. Yeah. One thing that I truly love is all the food that I've been cooking at home. Oh yeah? What are <laughs> yeah. you, so wait, so maybe are one of these what you're taking to the island? Um, I guess so. I'm really into like, I mean, I've always been into breakfast foods. Right. Like in general. But at the minute, I'm really into um waffles. This tiny little um what's oh, it the called? one the one waffle iron? But it's not an iron, it's the um silicone. I brought a waffle silicone that you put all the batter in and then you oh. oven and you put it in the oven. And it's so easy to do, and there's no mess because you're not putting it in an iron you, it's like really minimal cleanup and you've got you know six waffles five waffles that yeah it's delicious you'll have to send me the link to it um because um that's the biggest pain about waffles it's just yeah there, but and uh, it was so cheap and it's and it was delicious and I'm really yeah that's what I, I want to bring to the island I want to I want waffle island I love that <laughs> That yeah, sounds like a that sounds like an amusement park. <laughs> I wish. What are you bringing to the island this week, Grace? I'm bringing dairy-free fish and chips. Oh, okay. Explain. I well, I'm a big fan of all the things that fish and chips sort of are. I like fries. I love fish. I like batter when I can <laughs> eat it. And I love peas. Like, if you know me, you know that I freaking love um, peas of any kind. Um, And so um, 
I made basically a sort of healthier fish and chips where I just battered, I made a batter for the fish and then put it in the pan to sort of fry it. Um, so it wasn't like deep fried. Um, and then I made sweet potato and carrot fries Ooh. and then mushy peas. I feel like that's a good thing to have on the island because if I find fish, I could always batter it in sand. <laughs> it's such a good thing to like cooking during this time or like try it because then at least, you know, you have something to keep you occupied. I definitely enjoyed the episode that you guys are going to listen to. Um, it was back before Christmas. Yeah, Gareth is, again, one of my best friends and... <laughs> And he is also a vegan. So we talk a lot about veganism and how he started being a vegan because he was not a vegan when I met him. And we talk about the love of food and baking. And yeah, it's a really nice chat, actually. It was um, really lovely. really, Really great. And sort of something else interesting that I found was he's an actor sort of well, not you know, guys don't call it Broadway here, but you know, it's been really affected by um, COVID and just how you know COVID has really affected the arts and stuff. But I think he's really found. I mean, prior to COVID as well, but um, just I think he talked about really sort of taking his cooking to the next level during this time. He's great at talking about food. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's really great. He's really great. It, definitely made me super hungry throughout the whole um recording yeah so yeah enjoy guys there's not much to say but I hope that you all are well that you are reaching out to your friends and loved ones and um yeah we'll see you on the other side see you on the other side all our love bye hello 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 Oh, look at you, Christmas. Oh my God, there's so much Christmas stuff behind you. <laughs> yeah, you can see the tree, can't you? So, uh, yeah. so, hi everyone. Welcome to Deserted with Lindy and Grace. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Today we have on quite a special guest for me, one of my best friends, Gareth. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how we know each other, what you do for a living, and what your tie is to food. Are you a foodie? Do you have allergies? What are your restrictions? (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you. Um, So I am an actor, uh, actor, singer, and dancer. Uh, And I trained at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York, which is how I met the wonderful Lindy Lewis. Um, Obviously, our friendship blossomed there. And we've now been friends for, what, eight years? So Mental. Yeah, 2012. So crazy, uh, crazy long time. Um, Yeah, what do I do now? So obviously, it's been a hard year for artists, uh, actors, musicians, everybody. Uh, I've been very lucky. I have managed to be performing uh, at least part of the year during the pandemic, uh, obviously in the show The Little Mermaid. Uh, And currently I'm working as a steward at the Royal Albert Hall, which is uh, really fun. Um, Yeah, so my restrictions. uh, So actually, I don't really have any allergies except I'm allergic to MSG, which is... Mm -hmm. I'm learning that. Uh, but I am vegan. Uh, went vegan uh, back in 2018 in February. Uh, still going strong. Uh, was only going to be for what, a month? And now I'm still going. Um, best decision I made with food. Uh, but obviously, that does bring many restrictions uh, and obviously, different way of looking at food. Uh, and I've always been very passionate about baking um something that I've always done so it kind of gives a whole new element when you make it vegan um but that's also really exciting so yeah that's a little bit about me that's amazing and just I'm just curious so you're being your steward right now at Royal Albert Hall what are you stewarding um during a pandemic Ah, so uh, obviously, uh, we're, it's actually for the Father Christmas show. Oh. Uh, 
but actually the Royal Albert Hall is starting to open up a little bit again. Uh, they actually have, uh, they've had two live performances this week of up to a thousand people. Um, and they're hoping to carry it on. Obviously it's very limited, but they're starting to reopen the arts sector there. Uh, so unless we go into another full lockdown, hopefully they'll be able to keep going. So yeah, exciting stuff, but it is for Father Christmas. Uh, the festive season so yeah it, it's really reassuring to hear that kind of the arts are sort of starting to light up again because it's been really sad during this whole pandemic i follow a lot of ballet dancers on instagram and just i can't even imagine still being in that world and not being able to you know perform and then also seeing all these other businesses open and not also being able to participate Absolutely. And it, I will say it's also weird because normally at the Royal Albert Hall at this time of year, they will have uh, the Nutcracker or a ballet piece like that. And there's, there's not this year, which is a shame. But we'll see what happens next year. Hopefully it will be back. Yeah. Well, I guess it's time to dive into our first dish or your first dish. Um, so what is the first dish that you will be taking to our deserted island? So my first dish uh, is actually going to be uh, barbecue jackfruit pulled pork, so vegan pulled pork, uh, with uh, avocado coleslaw. So that would be my first dish I would take on a deserted island. What does that mean to you? So this actually was the first dish uh, that solidified the decision to start down a vegan diet. Um, it was actually the first conscious vegan meal I made and it was because I had a few friends coming over, one who was vegan. So I thought let's attempt to make a vegan meal fully vegan. And um, after having that, I was like, wow, this is actually an incredible. I was like, why not give it a go? And that was where I was like, I'm just gonna try it for like a month. And it started me on my uh, plant-based journey. So yeah. It's also incredible if either of you have not had it. Jackfruit is honestly insane. That's so funny. Do you remember, Grace, that we discussed jackfruit in our first episode? And I said that that's the one thing, like one of the things where I am terrified to try because I always find, and you know, Gareth, that I always find that veganism, like the foods with veganism, I feel like I'm going to be allergic to all of it based mm -hmm. on the fact that I'm allergic to a lot of stuff that you eat. A lot of things, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so with jackfruit, I'm always thinking, what is it? Because um, I'm allergic to a lot of fruit. So I'm like, oh, should I not eat it? What is, like, what is it? And I always find that those kinds of things are like artichokes. If I haven't had it, now I'm like, oh, am I going to be allergic to it? And sure. that for me is jackfruit. So do you know what is jackfruit? It, it is the largest tree bearing fruit. I know that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what it would be closest to. I mean, I guess it's like maybe closest to like papaya or things like that. Um, I, I would associate it with heart of palm. Don't know why. There's probably no, only I think because sometimes they, a vegan alternative for me is heart of palm sometimes. And so maybe that's why but jackfruit's always just freaked me out <laughs> yeah oh it's it's amazing honestly I, I don't know if you guys have even like smelt it or because actually when if you get a young jackfruit which comes in a can which is really good which is what's really useful to make into like pulled pork or things uh it actually smells really sweet um so it has that very sort of fragrant sweetness which almost kind of like light or things like that is what i would sort of associate it with but um such an amazing savory alternative when you add your spices and everything so definitely give it a go really comes in handy a lot I'd say. I think it's because for me or like I guess for the western world it's I think it's new you know yeah. it's been out it's only been common for a few years and now they are making it like pulled pork right yeah and I see it a lot you know in supermarkets or in street food and everything but new things worry the allergy community honestly <laughs> and so I that's why I find like we like to stick to our safe foods rather than branch out and especially branch out into 
other cuisines or other um yeah other restrictions as in a vegan diet especially for me so I think I should give it a go but I think I I would need to make it myself yeah. and then test it yeah but I would and I but I love the avocado slaw and what do you put in the avocado slaw uh so obviously avocado main thing going in it <laughs> um uh cabbage uh carrot i add a tiny bit of sweetener with uh maple syrup um just to give a nice bit of sweetening i will normally use for acidity i will use lime juice in it and then salt and pepper and that's it so i don't use any mayo so obviously you've got fat from the avocado that gives you that so obviously you don't have to use vegan mayo delicious it's so good and when you have like that slightly spicy sweetness of the barbecue sauce on the jackfruit with like this nice creamy fatty avocado coleslaw it's honestly delicious it's so good and and it's correct me if i'm wrong but i kind of feel like that's a risky first vegan meal to make especially yeah. a group what kind of did you see the recipe were you inspired um because for me i think if i was cooking a first time vegan food for a uptime real real vegan um they i would just be nervous about messing it up i don't know maybe that's just me um for me um i wasn't nervous about it yeah i i cook all the time and i'm i'm quite confident with my cooking um and everyone seems to love most things well everything i do obviously <laughs> um but no i'd seen it a lot i it was when jackfruit was starting to pop up a lot more like people were like oh try this it's like pulled pork and I was really intrigued by it and I was like I really want to I really want to try it and um when I knew my friend was coming I thought of different things I thought of going a bit easier with like a risotto um and you can use like nutritional yeast and things to make it cheesy but then I thought Do you know what I've never tried the jackfruit let's give it a go and luckily for me where I am in East London there's a an Asian supermarket not far away and they do big cans of jackfruit for a, a pound so really cheap um so yeah no it wasn't too daunting it's also actually not that hard to do because you just marinate it with a few spices and then you just cook it in the like a pan and then you just let it cook down for ages and the longer it cooks the deeper flavor it becomes and then you just tear it up and it's so easy to do um it's all done in one pan and yeah so actually not too difficult either you yeah. can see you can see just by you explaining how you make it and everything how much you love food which oh. i think maybe i was surprised when you became vegan because you do love food yeah. and i'm surprised that you would restrict yourself in that way and i think at that time especially i thought that veganism was a restriction it was a diet not a lifestyle and yeah. i have had friends in the past who started veganism as a weight loss and I was always worried that like when people do start a vegan diet, that means that they're trying to lose weight and it will be easy for them and they're going to do it in not the best way. And, you know, just scary. And especially for you when you love food, I was like, you're going to, you're restricting so much food that you love. Yeah. But I, but actually you've actually gained more foods. Mm -hmm. from doing this over the last few years and shown me what it's like living in a vegan diet and the joy that you can still have Absolutely. so it's actually it wasn't for you a restriction it was actually an addition which I really love and it you actually changed my view on veganism oh. by you enjoying it and also still baking it as well still baking with the and so now i actually do most of my bakings baking with a vegan diet yeah. i don't really use eggs i don't use like full fat milk i don't use cow's milk i'm actually using vegan butter testament to you for showing me i was really cutthroat and like not liking veganism and you really did show me that way um let's go on to your our second dish all right the second one so actually sticking with uh the baking uh <laughs> i'm actually gonna go with lemon drizzle cake would be mm -hmm. one of my dishes 
yeah. second dish I would take with me. How did, how did you find starting to bake? Because now I think there are so many people who are vegans who bake really well and it's not bland anymore and it's not cardboard and things like that but how did you start doing it because you make a lot of recipes on the whim like you make yourself your own creations so how did you start in baking eliminating like eggs and milk and things um so so i've actually baked my whole life really and obviously i only became vegan not quite three years ago so up until that baking was eggs butter and it's obviously a lot easier um the first bake that i did try to do was actually lemon drizzle uh, cake and i'd sort of been a bit out of baking at the time because obviously i've been experimenting with like different foods and veganism but i hadn't really tried baking and uh so for starting that i was googling a lot to see how could you replace eggs or different things and a lot of recipes will come up with doing more like chemical reactions so obviously yeah. you make like maybe a buttermilk or to make milk thicker so your vegan milk with lemon juice or vinegar and then it reacts with the baking powder or soda in the um in the mixture but the first time i did it the first lemon drizzle i did um it failed completely um it just went really flat and dense and puddingy and <laughs> i try to save it with uh putting more like of the sugar lemon coating on the top and it didn't help didn't save it at all it just sunk in and just made it mushy and not moist in a good way um so that was actually one of the first challenges i was like okay well how can i fix this um and i hate to give up on a recipe i like to alter it or see what will make it better so i looked at different troubleshooting on what could make this buttermilk better and some people say to leave it five minutes also there's different talks about what plant-based milks work better and from my own experience i find soya actually is probably the best to bake with just because it's so thick creamy um and it reacts really well with the the acidity of vinegar or lemon juice to really curdle it which is what you want uh, almond is also another really good one and I think the reason for that is because they put a lot of um, stabilizers uh, like different gelling agents in it so I think that's what helps um, but I have also have had really good oat with oat milk uh, does work really well um, and also for vegan baking a lot of it comes down to not over mixing when you are starting to get the chemical reaction so a lot of times now I will either try and beat as much air in at the beginning so really cream your vegan butter with your sugar if you're using vegan butter and that gets a lot in obviously and then folding the rest in and you actually get a pretty good bake that way um if you're using oil you don't need to beat it in it oil already helps bind it a lot better so there's little things i've started working out obviously looking into different types of gums like you've got xanthan gum things that really help um and now I've been going down the line of even been looking into more uh, different stabilizers to help uh, with textures as well. So, yeah, it's been a learning curve for sure. Um, but definitely my vegan baking over the last three years has changed completely. So, yeah. And, and where did your kind of love of baking or sort of fearlessness in the kitchen start? Because I... I mean, I'm not good. I think I, I'm a pretty good cook, but baking is just the one thing that I don't, can't really watch for the chemical reactions. Um, <laughs> but where did your sort of, where did it begin for you? Uh, it was actually since I was a kid. I remember always being in the kitchen uh, with my mum and my nana, actually. So both of them started me baking young. Um, cooking as well but it was mostly baking and like you know if we had like school holidays or stuff um we'd be like okay we'll make some cakes like even little like cupcakes or fairy cakes or or things and I always remember a lot of that and as I got older I'd be like oh I want to make some cakes or I'd be like oh I want to make some macarons or, or whatever and it was just things it was an interest in things I enjoyed and then wanted to make myself instead of, you know, just going to a shop and paying a lot more money for it. I was like, well, let's do it. And it, it became something that 
I loved doing it in my spare time and it was such a relaxing thing for me as well. So like I could get in late in the evening after having a stressful day and I'd be like, great, I'm going to make some cakes. And a lot of my friends would be like, you're crazy. I'm like, it relaxes me, you know? And, and then not only that, you get to have cake afterwards as well. So you get to enjoy it and you get to make it. And it became a thing. Like I would um, make birthday cakes for so many of my friends or make cookies or, or different things. So it was a nice personal gift as well. So yeah, definitely my mum and my nana really started it for me at a really young age so yeah can't wait to see you on great british bake-off one day he doesn't put it out there to anyone it's only to his friends mm. no one sees what he does no one the only people that give him praise are the people around him and he has incredible bakes they're all so meticulous in the design in the icing like everything and we all say like you should get an instagram you should go on the bake-off you should do this and it's not he's not interested <laughs> it's mental it's mental for like for me especially like i put all my recipes up there even if they fail <laughs> and he just doesn't <laughs> care he just really in he just genuinely enjoys baking for himself and i love it like i love that innate foodie in him yeah, so I guess with that, should we get onto the third dish? What other wonderful meal are you going to bring? <laughs> yeah, one of them. Uh, the next one I'm going to say um, re relates actually to more from being in America. So it was actually uh, a mac and cheese bake, mm. but a vegan mac and cheese bake now. What's in the vegan mac and cheese? Because a lot of people, a lot of vegans use cashews mm -hmm. in their sauce are you using cashews uh i sometimes do use cashews but you also know lindy that i don't always uh so i've actually got several recipes that i've uh made or created and one of the ones me and lindy made together we used uh coconut milk um mm. but we also used oatly creme fraiche as well yeah uh, and then obviously to get the cheesiness, um, we used uh, nooch or nutritional yeast. Um, and But there's so many different ways that I've created. Yeah, I have used cashews. It's one of the most common ways uh, is cashews. I always use coconut milk, whether using cashews or not, because I love the creaminess and the full body. And I always use full fat just because it really gives a good depth. Um, but a lot of mine now as well, I actually, uh, well, for bouginess, I roast garlic. Uh, in the oven in a bit of stock just to add a little bit extra flavor um, but I will uh, boil or sometimes roast mostly boil uh, potatoes red potatoes seem to work the best um, but I have used sweet potatoes too carrots and pepper and that really gives like a nice body to it as well I've tried it with using chickpea miso to add a little bit extra of that cheesy nuttiness um, obviously not everyone can have chickpeas <laughs> um, so that doesn't always work. But if that's the case, then you can use a bit more nutritional yeast. But I always will, the spices, I will always add nutmeg into my mm. mac and cheese. Uh, and that was where actually I started making the mac and cheese bake was a Martha Stewart recipe, which I did for my first Thanksgiving I made in 2015. It was the first Thanksgiving I made for 13 people. Wow. Um, and and that was when I was like, right, let's do a Martha Stewart recipe because I love Martha Stewart. Uh, and she's like, always add nutmeg. And ever since then, I'm like, yeah, nutmeg and mac and cheese is like match made in heaven. It's perfect. So. Good, yeah. And why mac and cheese? Oh, it's just so homey. It's so like <laughs> fulfilling. You know, uh, like honestly, when I make a mac and cheese bake, I'm not the, the only one that wants to do this. Everyone else has have it. They just want to like, just grab a spoon, just keep eating. Like you could, you just don't have to stop. It's just so good. Um, I always like to make it like a day or two ahead of time and then put breadcrumbs on the top. Um, if I have it, I will do some vegan cheese as well. Cause I don't put it in the actual thing, but I will sometimes put it on top just for a little extra crunch. Um, and it's just so good. It's just tasty. It keeps you warm, fills you up. You can even have it cold and it still tastes as good. Um, and it's, it's honestly become such a fan favorite on any of these big meals I've done. Everyone always loves it. And yeah, me and Lindy made a version together ourselves and 
absolutely delicious so good so so good yeah we've all lived in um america and that is one of the staples absolutely. in america is mac and cheese and that's true like it is the just the cheesy and it's also also it's quite a student meal like yeah. you can get it cheap and you can get it for you can get it in a box in america you can get it nice. cheap and it's just an easy i've i used it even here just buying pasta cheese and maybe like cream you know if you're not a vegan or cream cheese um creme fraiche oatly is great and yeah. it's just pasta creamy pasta is the best yeah, thing to make good. you feel comforted so i've never i've never had mac and cheese before like i've never what? because I guess I've never like m tried to make it myself and I guess you make your own cheese from scratch. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Um, <laughs> I am shocked, Grace. I'm actually really shocked. Well, cause I'm dairy, I anaphylactic to dairy and nuts. And so the dairy just obviously store-bought and even the vegan, the most of the vegan ones that I've seen um, have, nuts or may contain or something so and I've never tried to make it myself and so no. I've just never I can't even really imagine but I always it's one smells really good and people always rave about it I've never met anyone that doesn't love it I heard I saw someone recently though do it do you eat mac and cheese with a spoon or a fork <laughs> fork fork yeah <laughs> Grace, I think that because of this episode, you need to get on this this week. Oh, yeah. You need to make your own, get a gluten-free pasta, get some oatly creme fraiche, add some nutritional yeast, mix it all together. Just as like a standard base, try it. Try that pasta, try that creaminess because I, I truly believe it will change your life, honestly. <laughs> I'm sold. It looks, there's nothing in it that I wouldn't love. I just yeah. need to be more because I don't I don't make apart from like the gluten in the um pasta I don't make it with dairy anymore honestly you would it would you, you will love it I really I'm not, I and the worst thing is that when I love a food though I'm gonna make it so much and, and you uh, will <laughs> I'll, I'll have to I'll have to do it yeah no it's yeah. it's really good and Really good. I, I really want to try the only thing I want to try with mac and cheese that I haven't tried yet is the sweet potato. Mm. Yeah. It, I haven't tried that one, but everyone says it's really creamy and I can't have chickpeas. So I really want to try that creaminess, that sweet potato creaminess mm -hmm. in in the pasta. I think that would be really good. Yeah, try it with the sweet potato. Yeah. Try it the way I do, you can like boil, do it with a bit of pepper and carrot works really well as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing about sometimes the sweet potato, which isn't a bad thing, it is a bit sweeter than if you use, say, a starchier potato, like red potatoes. Yeah. Um, but it does give like a thicker sauce as well, because um, obviously you've got the starch that really feeds through. Um, People use pumpkin, don't they? Yeah, you can use pumpkin, you can use squash, you can use most of those sort of um, root vegetables as well. Um, my favourite probably has been red potatoes to use in it, but for Thanksgiving this year, I did it with sweet potatoes and it was delicious. So, I, I think you, you, anyone that's listening can see that I get a lot of my tips and um, things from baking and cooking with, with Gareth. I think we speak a lot on the phone about food and about like, oh, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And then he gives me ideas, sends me recipes. I'm going to hop in this like text exchange so I can get all the new recipes as well. It's just so, it's just great to t talk to somebody about food so it is quite nice to have that and we've been through a lot around food too together so it's just yeah it's nice so why don't we go on to your next dish all right my next one <laughs> uh next one again actually kind of takes an influence from america so it's uh buffalo cauliflower wings Ooh, that's a great I one get behind that <laughs> there was a wing stop in astoria where we used to live and it was around the corner from my house and um i i obviously we didn't have it in the uk we have it now in the uk but we didn't then and uh i went in and it when i first went it was like what six dollars for six boneless buffalo or barbecue wings with dipping sauce fries and a drink and they're like oh my god this is amazing 
but honestly, for fast food, it was so good. And obviously, I wasn't vegan back then, so I was like, great. But we used to get it all the time. And then it still went up to like nine dollars. We're like, well, I'm still gonna get it. Um, but we used to like crave for some reason crave those buffalo chicken wings so good and then I went vegan and obviously you know trying to think about how to make something like that um and it was actually uh Bosch uh the that brought out a cookbook these uh two vegan guys mm. and they have buffalo cauliflower wings uh recipe in there and I was like let's try it let's see what it's like and honestly, it is life-changing. Because I never used to, I was never really a big fan of cauliflower. I actually hated it as a child. I remember my mum making um, cauliflower cheese and it got stuck in the microwave when she was trying to do something. And it just, we couldn't unlock the microwave for a few days. So we had to get a new microwave. <laughs> um, but I never liked cauliflower. I was like, oh, no, it's gross. Um, and I was like, how can cauliflower be a replacement for chicken or things like that but when you do it this way and like you bake it in the oven and then uh halfway through cooking you pour over a vegan butter and buffalo sauce and it just soaks into the breadcrumb that you've put around this but the cauliflower and it stays tender on the inside it's got a nice bite not like mushy which i thought it would be Honestly, it is so good. And Papa, Papa John's here do buffalo cauliflower wings and they are nowhere near as good as the buffalo. Yeah, they're not as good. Mm. What happened to Papa John's? <laughs> oh, they've got a whole vegan range now, honestly. And it, a lot of their stuff is good, but the cauliflower wings are not as good as Bosch, the Bosch recipe. Everyone has a vegan menu now. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. There's, I mean, in especially in London, it's harder when you get outside of London. But yeah, especially in London, everything is vegan yeah. at the minute. You don't really find that. I mean, I, I mean, I'm from California, and you don't even really find that like that non-vegan restaurants. You don't really see a not a, like a vegan menu. Whereas here, even at you know a steakhouse, there'll be like vegan vegan options you don't have that in the states like even in like a very like granola place like la gareth do you have a favorite like vegan spot like i know you like to cook a lot but are there favorite vegan restaurants or um kind of a restaurant that has a vegan meal that you're obsessed with um there's a couple really good places i don't know if either of you guys have been to Mildred's which is uh it's probably the most famous vegan restaurant in London there's four of them around um but it was if I'm not mistaken the first completely vegan vegetarian restaurant in London um and they they change up their menu seasonally as well so it is delicious i took my mum there and she's not vegan and she was like this was insane so it's a really great one um one of my favorite places I've been um is called Absurd Bird um and it's uh they actually do regular fried chicken but they do vegan fried chicken and I've been several times there's a there's a couple different ones there's one in Soho and there's one in Spitalfields East London which is near where I am and um, nearly every time I've been, I've had to check with the server just to be like, can I just confirm that this is actually the vegan one? Because when you cut it open, it looks like chicken. It tastes like chicken. You peel off the, the skin bat a bit, it feels like chicken. So you're a bit like, am I just eating chicken right now? Honestly, it's insane how they do it. And it's it so- It tastes like chicken? Tastes like chicken. Well, I also haven't had chicken in a long time. So it, to me, it tastes like chicken. Do you know what it's made out of? I'm pretty sure it's seitan. Um, so uh, kind of like bread. But honestly, I don't know how they do it because I've made seitan. I've, I've had seitan from a few other places. But literally, when you cut it, it looks like flaky chicken. Maybe. So I'm, maybe it is chicken. Maybe they, they're just like, yeah, we have vegan food. Actually, the reason I found out about it is um, my brother and sister-in-law bought me a, a subscription to a magazine, a vegan magazine, uh, two Christmases ago. And each month uh, they will talk about different restaurants, different places. And this was in there. And they were like, if you want vegan fried chicken in London, check this out. And 
they also do um vegan chicken and waffles which mm. is really good um I, I mean i haven't had proper vegan proper chicken and waffles since america and that was the first time i had it, it was at hill country in nyc mm. and i thought it was the strangest thing like <laughs> I didn't think it would work and it was delicious. So <laughs> vegan chicken and waffles, also amazing. So yeah. Cool. Well, I think it's time for our last dish. I'm really excited to hear what this one's going to be. You ready? Yeah. So, <laughs> so going back to the, the baking, the dessert theme. So this one is going to be macarons. So French macarons. Not macaroons. Not macaroons, but <laughs> so they are also delicious if you like coconut, but no, uh, French macarons. Tell us, Gareth, what macarons are. So macarons are uh, they're these little French cookies that are, which, Lindy, actually, you can't have them the way I make them because they're actually made out of uh, almond meal, so like a fine almond flour uh, with icing sugar, and traditionally it is egg whites. Uh, and then fold it through and they bake and it's the ones with the little feet on the bottom. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've obviously can't have regular macarons anymore, uh, but you can make them with uh, chickpea water instead of eggs. So I can't have them either way. Have those anyway. <laughs> you can do it with sunflower meal as well. Ooh. So um, ground up, yeah, sunflower, you can use that instead of almond meal. And you'd obviously do it with egg whites, I guess, instead of um, chickpeas. Um, I have no idea how it would work. It might not be great, but only one way to find out is to try it. So, yeah. I actually found a recipe that used coconut flour. Yeah, you could probably do it with coconut flour as yeah, well. Yeah, because coconut flour mixes with eggs really well. Like, that's how you bind it mainly. Like I have to look into it just because coconut flour would be a little bit finer than almond meal. So you maybe need to add some kind of extra binding ingredient, which could be something like xanthan gum, which would probably work with the little meringue cookies because it would just make them uh, nice and sticky on the inside, which is what you want. So why macarons? Uh, so I've always kind of been obsessed with Paris uh, and France, actually. Um, so I've studied French for what, 10 years? Uh, I did it and I used to go to Paris like every year during my school years. Um, and I always loved the little French patisseries. Um, and one of the ones we stopped at was Ladurée, which is one of the most famous ones. Yeah. And they are known for their macarons. Uh, and that was the first time I had one was in, in Paris. And that must've been in 2000, Five, 2006 was the first time I ever had one uh, and I just became obsessed with them I think they're so delicious I love the crunch and I love how it just sort of dissolves in your mouth um, and you used to be able to get them in New York as well because there's a few ladderets there as well um, and I used to go to the one down in Soho a lot um, and they have a little outdoor area and they do breakfast and stuff and it's absolutely delicious um, but one of my goals originally um to two of the places i've actually wanted to live one was new york and one was paris uh and i actually wanted to train as a patissier for a couple of years in paris to build up my french still maybe in the pipeline um we'll see uh and i did look into it and i found like a little bakery that you could work for while they trained you um and i know how to make like all the, the the skills like that you need for a to be a patisserie baker like I know how to do all the shoe pastries and stuff but I wanted to learn it in in Paris to to see how if there's any little niche and nuances I could do uh, and actually eventually one day I I've always I've said this to people even though I am an actor I would love to own a patisserie one day um, like to start it up with my own creations my own designs whatever and eventually probably have someone else run it um, so that still could be in the pipeline that I might go to Paris for a bit. But macarons have always had that, that connection, that love affair with that. And I mean, Paris is such a romantic city. So I guess it's always sort of had a bit of that uh, for me. And macarons just ties in so well. Um, and they're, they're honestly just incredible. And they're really difficult. And I love a challenge. Because um, I, I remember the first macarons I made and they just... Pff, didn't work at all they just went flat and there was just bubbles everywhere and they didn't have feet and 
when I finally mastered them, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so good. They're so cool. And I've made them into little pandas before. And uh, vegan macarons, uh, would you believe it, are even harder. <laughs> so uh, even when you do everything right, they can still go completely wrong. Um, just because with aquafaba, it doesn't do too well with too much heat, which is the chickpea water. So they, if you don't fold them the right amount of times, or if you overfold them too much, they just won't rise. If you don't let them sit for about two, three hours before you put them in the oven, they won't work. And if your oven is too hot or too cold, they might explode out the top of them. So fun, but um, I've definitely got a handle on them recently. So uh, they're definitely coming out a lot better. So yeah. That's what I love about baking. Yeah. <laughs> Do everything right and it still goes wrong. You're like, great. Or life. That's what I love about life. <laughs> Amazing. Gareth, oh my goodness. I just, like I said, I love talking to you about food. Um, so at the end of our episodes, we ask our guests mm -hmm. what cookbook they would take to our deserted island. Right. Um, I was torn, actually. Uh, so one of the first cookbooks I had was uh, a Nigella Bites cookbook, because um, I do love Nigella. I think she's wonderful, love watching her program. But I think the one I actually would take since becoming vegan uh, would be Bosch. I would be their first cookbook. Um, like I mentioned, the buffalo cauliflower wings were in there. They have an incredible ultimate chili in there, which is delicious. They have a, a mushroom and Guinness pie. Mm. Definitely check out their book because it is insane. Yeah, I definitely will. And then we also ask if there one kitchen item that if you could take to the island, plug it in and solar power. Um, it doesn't have to be <laughs> electric but um what kitchen item would you take with you so the item i would probably take uh i mean i should really take my kitchen aid because that would come in handy but um i'm gonna take so i have these scales um and they're actually uh, an old type of scale where you have uh, a brass uh, bit to put it in and you mm -hmm. have individual heavy weights uh and it's a viking um antique uh, uh set of kitchen scales which i got on ebay uh and it took about three times to finally get some because everyone outbids you at the last minute on ebay but i finally got them um and the reason i actually picked them was because uh my mum has some and so i grew up using those sort of scales They're obviously not as uh intricate or like like accurate. regular scales. accurate i mean yeah um yeah. as digital scales and i have digital scales too for macarons especially because you need to be really accurate but um yeah they're just i i grew up using them i think they're amazing they look incredible on your countertop as well so that's probably what i would take yeah i started baking on those yeah that's yeah. so good yeah Lovely. and then what ingredient would you take if you could take anything that you would want need pleasure what would you take uh well probably won't come as a surprise i'm actually going to take aquafaba with me <laughs> yeah Honestly, it's so useful. Um, I that use is, that's chickpea water. Chickpea He's water, taking everyone. chickpea water chickpea. to the bottom of the can. <laughs> <laughs> We're surrounded by water and he's taking chickpea water <laughs> to the island. I can make my macarons. I can use it as an egg replacement. I can make it into chocolate mousse, you know, just find a cacao plant. There's <laughs> jackfruit on the island already, so I've already got that. And um, that's why I will not be visiting him on the island. <laughs> With my chickpea water. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, holy water, you, that takes away the spirits. Yeah. <laughs> Aquafaba is what takes away Lindy. <laughs> um, amazing, guys. I, I've actually had so much fun on this podcast. It's been really nice talking to you about food and your love for food is just lovely <laughs> it, it comes through the screen the passion i hear the passion yeah. of the food and so we hate to put you in this position um but out of the five dishes if four were to float away right. which one would you keep <laughs> you did the eye roll there with the minute you said it. like oh no <laughs> what are we gonna do? oh god it's difficult isn't it um you know what, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to keep the mac and cheese. Yeah. It's good. It's comforting. If I've lost all the other food, I'm probably going to be crying into that mac and cheese. So may as well be comforted by it. Um, yeah, let's keep the mac and cheese. Definitely. Oh, mac and cheese. Well, hopefully, Grace, with that, the fact that that's the one thing you take, now you will uh, make it this week. No, no. I have to. I mean, my stomach's grumbling now for, um, I don't know, I might have to make it this weekend. It sounds so good. Yeah. Well, I wish I had pasta in the house. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Gareth, for coming on Deserted and sharing with us a little bit about you and your food and the memories and joy around your food. Where can our listeners find you? Other um, hopefully on the stage at Little Mermaid um, when that comes back. But, um, you know, online, how can people follow you or sort of check in um, nowhere? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I obviously don't have Instagram, as Lindy has pointed out. Um, I actually do have Twitter, and I am actually using it a lot more, quite a bit more active uh, on that. Um, to be honest, everyone's on at me about getting an Instagram, so I probably will eventually. There's and a hashtag actually there is. called Gareth get needs to get Instagram or something like that. Yeah. Every all of our friends use that hashtag every time we post a picture of him. Well, that's good. People can search the hashtag. Yeah, just keep, keep up with keep up with your life through other people's Absolutely. pictures. Yeah. The, the beauty of social media. It's been a joy, a pleasure. It really has been. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Talk about food. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe and review and tell us what you thought on Instagram at deserted underscore podcast. And we will see you next time on our deserted island.